Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. I found myself still watching that show after my kids had left the room, but it's a good show. And then I'm actually excited for Thanksgiving, the, the movie's coming out, the play on a, on a Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as well. It's coming out this Thanksgiving, so I'm excited about that. But if you look at it, there's just something about a show like that. There's just something about Mr. Rogers that, that it comes down to, to really just how we treat people, right? how we tend to broken people, how we view others, how we care for them, and how we love others. And really, that's why that show has, has proven the test of time. And really, if you go even deeper, though, it's the heart of what we're all called to do. Again, as a church, we exist to love people to life change. We exist to love people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Because what that is, that's the heart of the gospel. Right? That's what, that's really the heart of of the Great Commission, which Jesus called for each and every one of us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? That's it. This is what we're called to do. And it's the heart of the gospel, right? The heart of the gospel is loving your neighbor. In fact, the core of the gospel is love itself. The fact that God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son for each and every one of us. Right? To live a perfect life, die on a cross, pay the ultimate penalty that we all deserve, but then be risen again so that we could have a relationship with him. Right? That's what it's all about. And what that is, that's God's love for each and every one of us. And what's incredible about it is that we're not only called just to receive that love, but we're called to share it as well. We're called to, to share it with, with people all around us, to share it with our neighbors. In fact, if you remember from last week, Jesus was talking and he's saying this is one of the most important commandments ever, right? This is how we live out the gospel. This is how we experience eternity with God. So let's look at it again. Check us out in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. If you don't have a Bible, we always plug the Version Bible app. And listen, you get sick of me hearing this, but listen, you need to read the Bible every single day. This is a great way to do it. I don't care if you use this Bible app or not, or if you use a real Bible paper and everything, old school, all sorts of goodies, right? But open your Bible up every single day. God's word is there and it's for us. Something that we could seek, something we could seek after, something we could hear every single day and then actually apply it as well. So I challenge you, read your Bible every single day. And the app is just an incredible way to do that. I don't know about you, but I carry my phone with me wherever I go. And there's times I'm either early places or waiting for things. And it's just great to have an app instead of Facebook to actually go look at the Bible and read a scripture or two, right? Just, it helps. Well, let's check this out. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29. This is kind of a recap from last week. It says this, though. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So here's this guy, right? This expert in the law. And what he's doing, he's asking Jesus this question. He's actually, he's trying to trap Jesus, but he's still asking a question that we all ask. And so Jesus responds, much like he often does with questions, he responds with another question. And he says this in verse 26. He says, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And in verse 27, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love God with everything that you have. And then not only do that, love your neighbor too, right? Love them in a way that's that's unselfish. Love them as you love yourself. It's pretty simple. And that's the heart of the gospel, right? That's it, right? That's it. In fact, Jesus says, it says, you've answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. 
But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So here's this expert in the law, and again, he's pushing the limits like we all do. Right? He just wants to know, well, who is my neighbor? How far do I have to have, like, actually have to take this whole love thing? Like, does it extend beyond just my close circles? Does it extend beyond the people that I'm comfortable with? How far? Like, where's the loophole in this? But here's the thing. There's no loophole. We're called to love everybody. Hey, everybody is our neighbor. Yeah, that person that thinks differently is our neighbor. That person that smells differently is our neighbor, right? That, that person is different, is our neighbor. And we're called to love them. We're called to share the gospel with them. We're called to show who God is to each and every one of them. Again, this is what this series is all about. We're going to talk about who's our neighbor. We're going to talk about how to love them and how to live out the gospel. In fact, if you remember last week, we talked about one of the barriers to loving our neighbors. We talked about one of the, the biggest barriers is, is this thing called racism. And again, we live in a culture that's filled with it. In fact, Sunday mornings are probably one of the, the areas that where it's, it's the most segregated all across the United States, right? But the, we live in it, right? But we learn this, that racism is not just the presence of hatred, it's the absence of love, right? It's the absence of love. And we learn that racism is not a skin issue, it's a sin issue. So we have to learn what to do. We have to learn to do what's right. We have to learn to seek justice and encourage the oppressed, which again is the instruction from, from uh, the prophet Isaiah. It's one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. And really, we're looking at, really, he starts off and he shares uh, some, really, some fundamentals that, that we're using as a foundation to this series as well in Isaiah chapter 1, verses 17, which says this. It says, learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, and plead the case of the widow. Right? Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. We talked a little bit about these things last week, right? And today what I want us to do is I want us to dig a little deeper. I want to talk about how we're called to defend the cause of the fatherless. Right? Because when we do that, what we're doing is we're being a neighbor. We're loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Right? The fatherless is, is who this whole neighbor thing entails. So what we're going to do today is we're going to jump in and talk about this. We're going to talk about the fatherless. We're going to talk about the orphan. We're going to talk about the kids. Right? So as we do, let's just jump in and think about it. So we hear this word orphan. Orphan is a, is a word that it says we're, we're called to love the orphans, right? But when we hear the word orphan, for many of us, if we're honest, we're probably a little disconnected to that word, right? Like for us, it almost brings up kind of a, uh, almost a fictional character in our minds, right? So think about it. When we think of orphan, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be real transparent. This is what I thought of when I thought the word orphan, right? thought of more, please. Like, this is Oliver Twist. Like, if you didn't know, if you're really young and hip and all that, this is, this goes way back, right? <laughs> but, so this is, it's a fictional character. And some of us, this is what we think of when we're orphaned. Like, it's a, it's something very distant from us, right? Another one could be, uh, this one, little, little orphan Annie. The, the newer version's cool as well. Some of you guys are thinking, like, dude, yeah, I can't connect with, uh, I can't connect with being an orphan, but you know, I can connect with it's a hard knocks life, because that's what it is for me, right? <laughs> right? But I think sometimes the word orphan is a little bit hard for us to, to relate to. So again, look at Isaiah, he says this. He says the fatherless. Now the fatherless, this is one that we can probably connect to a little more. Like this is one that this is this right now in society, this is a problem, right? This is an issue. This is a lot that a lot of people are going through. Some of you probably have dealt with this. Some of you have friends that have dealt with this. Some of you have family members. You've seen this. Like this hits a little closer to home. And for some of us, the fatherless, it looks more like this picture, right? Because this is, and this is a picture of reality. This is a picture of reality, and it comes, becomes a little bit more real to us, right? It hits a little closer to home. 
But listen, regardless of what the word is, whether it's fatherless, whether it's motherless, whether it's orphan, regardless, it's real. It's real. In fact, you look at there's 153 million orphans worldwide. 153 million. There's 400,000 children across America without families. In fact, those numbers are probably a little more as well. If you look at Ohio alone, it's 16,000 kids without a family. 16,000 kids without a family in Ohio alone. In fact, it's probably even closer to about 18,000. The truth is, this is for real. Physically, this is a real problem. There's kids without a mother. There's kids without a father. There's kids without families. And it's closer to home than we even realize, right? Now let's take this a little step further, though. Let's take this to the spiritual level. What does it mean to be spiritually fatherless? It's not knowing that we have a heavenly father that loves us. Listen, the truth is, this even hits closer to home. For some of us, we know people in our own families who are spiritually fatherless. Right? We know people that are in our own homes, under our own roof, that are spiritually fatherless. In fact, you might be here today, and you might be in here today, and this is how you feel. You feel spiritually fatherless. Listen, I want to say, if you're here, I want to say, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here and we're hoping that we can give you some resources that you'll walk out of here knowing that you have a Heavenly Father that loves you and gave everything for you because He loves you. But this comes closer to home. The truth is it's our kids. It's our family. It's our friends. It's our neighbors. When it comes to orphans, when it comes to fatherless, when it comes to the spiritually fatherless, they are our neighbors. And they're who we're supposed to love. Listen, they're more than just a number. They're more than just a a percentage of the population. They're more than just a stat that we read about. They're our neighbor. And here's what I want us to walk away with today. A neighbor is not just a number or a stat. A neighbor has a name, a face, and a story. And all of them, they they have a name. They have a face, they have a story. That orphan has a name, a face, and a story. That fatherless has a name, a face, and a story. That one that's far from God, maybe making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with, maybe thinks differently than you. They have a name, they have a face, and they have a story. See, I think overall as a church, we do a great job, right, of worrying about our own children. We have, a, we, we pay special attention and that favor over our own kids, the ones that think like us, the ones that act like us. And I'm talking even like bigger, we're all big kids. Right, So I'm talking to either those that call themselves a part of the family of God that call themselves a Christian. We, we, we take care of our own, right? But listen, God's heart's bigger than that. God's heart's bigger than we can ever imagine. God's heart's so much bigger and He requires us to do the same. So think about it. Can you love the child that's bullied right, as much as you love your own child? And do you have a heart to help them? Again, will you take time? Will you take time to, to find out the orphan's name? Will you take time to to see their face? Will you take time to listen to the story and defend the cause of the fatherless? Will you be a neighbor to them? And will you ask them the question, won't you be my neighbor? And a neighbor is not just a number or a stat. A neighbor has a name, a face, and a story. An orphan has a name, a face, and a story. The problem is, though, I think too many times we get busy in life and we walk by that fact. Again, if you remember last week, we, we started off with, the, with Jesus talking about what that was as a lead into the parable of the Good Samaritan. And last week we talked about how the Good Samaritan was one out of three that walked by this man who was left on the side of the road beaten for dead and left there for dead. 
But what happens is I think too many times we become like the other two, right? It was the priest and a Levite. The priest and the Levite, what's amazing about this, these are the religious people, right? The priest, obviously, the person of religion. The Levite was actually an assistant to the priest. So here's these two guys that you think have it together. They're the ones that walk by. And what happens in our life, I think too many times we walk by because we think we've got things together, right? We're, we get excited. We're like, yeah, I'm the religious person. I've got this all together. I'm showing and I'm acting like God, right? I'm looking like him. I'm, people look at me and they think, oh, yeah, he goes to church every single Sunday, right? I got the Bible app because the pastor said so, and it's like not even it buried in a folder. It's on the front screen. I am living it out. This is the good stuff. But too often we just look at, we look at the problem and we just walk on by. Right? We hear these issues and we, we just walk on by. Because we just see them as stats. We just see them as percentages. And when we see stats and percentages, and we see those, we overlook the problem. And more important, we overlook the person as well. The thing is, I think we know about broken families, but we don't really know them. We know about the fathers, but we don't really know the fathers because we're not taking time to jump in. And next thing you know, they're just stats to us. It's just another, another product of, of divorce, uh, of poverty, of, of substance abuse, of incarceration, of human trafficking. It's all these things where you go, oh yeah, that's really bad. That's really bad. But it's just the news. But the truth is each one has a story. Each one has a face. Each one has a name. And the ones that pay the most penalty for it are the kids. They're the children. I think too many times we're too busy to understand this. And too many times, if we're honest, sometimes we just don't want to face the pain of it. Sometimes it's, it's pretty hard to accept reality. It's easier to act like we're not living in it. Like it's not close to our home. But think about this. When did serving God, when did serving God become about convenience? And comfort. Serving God's about obedience and faithfulness. But too many times we try to protect ourselves. Like too many times we try to live where, where it's all convenient for us. But that was never what it's about. It's always about obedience and faithfulness. And it's about showing love to others. It's about showing who God is to others. Instead of trying to protect our heart from breaking, let's save a child who has a broken heart. Right? Too many times I think when instead of modeling Christ, Instead of modeling Christ, we just try to be comfortable. But to neighbor means that we're modeling who God is. And the truth is, it can be messy. Right? When it comes to neighboring, it can be messy. Right? That intro video is like the classic of every apartment living. If you've ever lived in an apartment, had walls that are thin, maybe you're there now, you know it's messy. You know you hear things from, from your neighbors. It's their fighting time. It's like, okay, it's time to get out, right? We used to have neighbors that used to take their fights and it was always outside in the front yard. I don't know why they did it, but we're like, okay, this is where it gets real, right? Because being a good neighbor means that you're in the mess with them sometimes, right? Loving the orphan means that you're going to be in the mess with them sometimes. Here's two promises. Number one, it won't be easy. When we love the orphan, it will never be easy. There's times you're going to want to give up. Listen, parenting, there's times where you want to give up, right? There's times where you need to probably even back away and step aside sometimes. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but the truth is this. Number two, here's the number two promise. The child is always worth it. Right? The child is always worth it. The kid is always worth it. The unsaved, the spiritually fatherless, is always worth it. And regardless of how different they think, regardless of how messed up their life is and how messed up you think it's going to make you look, they're always 
worth it. The abused is always worth it. We're called to love our neighbors. And here's why. Because God did the same thing for us. The truth is we are all broken. There came a point where we are all completely broken. And God looked at us and said, you know what? You're worth it. It's messy, but you are worth it. And I'm going to adopt you. In fact, Ephesians 1.5, Paul says this about God's action towards us in love. He says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Here's what I know. God adopted me into his family, not because of anything I've done. And I can look at my life and be like, dude, there's a lot of places where like, where God should have just said no. But he said yes. Because of who he is. Not because of who I am, because of who he is. And he said the same thing for you. And he wants us to share that with others. He wants us to defend the cause of the fatherless. To love the orphan because it shows who he is. Like, this is why we're called to neighbor. This is why we're called to love the orphans. This is why we're called to defend the cause of the fatherless. And it's something everyone can and should do. Think about it. What if instead of looking at people as a sat, instead of looking at them and seeing a percentage, what if we actually saw them? What if we actually neighbored? Here's what's crazy about it. I gave you the statistics of those orphans, right? And to be honest, they were mind-blowing to me. But the truth is, there's more Christians than there are orphans. As big as the number of children there are in the United States that are orphans, there's more Christians. As big as the number of, of children that are orphans in the United States, there's actually more churches. And this is why a church is God's plan for us to defend the orphans. Not the building, but us as a group of people, right? Because God cares about them and he uses us to show it. God cares about him. God cares about orphans more than we can even imagine. He cares about us more than we can imagine because it's who he is. Again, Psalm 68, 5 through 6 says this. It says that a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. It's who God is. It says God sets the lonely and families and he uses us to do it. He calls us to show who he is. He calls us to be the church and he calls us to invite others into the church. Think about it. Think about it. what would happen if we actually became the church. What if we took on the heart of God? What if we took on the heart of the Father? Listen, God may have an orphan in mind for you to become, to become that one who defends them, to show them who He truly is. And what happens when we do it is it changes generations. Right? It breaks strongholds. Think about it. What if? What if instead of children waiting for a family to love them, what if their family's waiting for children? What if we change that around? Right? What if instead of the spiritually fatherless, right? What if some people, the truth is, listen, a lot of people grow up in church. What happens is when they grow up, a lot of times what they do is they, they run from their faith. Because they, as a kid, kids are more perceptive than anybody can even imagine. As a kid, they, they can see, the, oh man, I'm here again. I'm going through the motions, right? So they run from it. What if instead of that though, what if they saw us waiting to love on them? What if there was a waiting line in kids' life for them to be served in an incredible way that when they walked out of here, when they grew up, instead of running from the faith, they run back to God and they took people with them. What if instead of them feeling like they're orphaned, spiritually fatherless, they knew that they were loved because people every single Sunday, every single week, every single month, every single day was showing them the love 
of who God is. And what if that happened? Like I believe that if our church could rise up, this is what would be. Right? This is what could happen. And listen, investing in the life of one child may not change the world, but it will change their world. And it's totally worth it. It's what God's called us to do. Defend the cause of the fatherless. And this is how we do it. Number one, we have to look after the orphan. We need to look after the orphan. And we need to look after the fatherless. We need to look after the spiritually fatherless as well. Right? This means we may need to check in on some relationships that we have. Right? And let it go a little bit deeper. Right? Take it a little deeper as well. But we need to check in and we need to look after the orphan. James, the brother of Jesus, says it this way in, in James 1.27. He says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So I want to challenge you, don't do religion just to do religion. Right? Don't just come on a Sunday morning just to come on a Sunday morning and, put it and check it off your checklist. Right? Don't just put a bunch of rules and regulations together. Right? Religion for religion's sake is useless. But instead, help. Right? Look after the orphans. Look after the widows. Right? That's uplifting. That's pure. Right? That's the religion that God accepts. And here's why. Because it makes us look like Him. Because other people see Him through us. We have to look after the orphans. For us, that means we have to get involved in people's lives. We have to jump in and, and step and we have to get outside of our comfort zone. Get outside of our little box. As I'm gonna, today's gonna be some practical. I actually got some very practical steps that you can jump in and, and be a part to, to actually put this in place and to live this out. And one of those things is this. I want to challenge you. Maybe for you to look after the orphan and maybe it's to get involved in a, in a ministry outside of this church even. We have an opportunity where we can pair up with big brothers and big sisters. It's an incredible opportunity where you can actually just go have lunch with a student once a week, 45 minutes a week. In fact, you can even flex out some of your lunch times once in a while. But we have an opportunity where we can pair up with big brothers and big sisters and we can go spend some time eating lunch with them at Carson Elementary. So I would challenge you, maybe for you, maybe to look after an orphan is to actually get involved in their life. To get involved and do that. So I want to challenge you. We have a table at the outside there in the foyer that you can actually take an application. It is crazy. They don't just let you walk into schools these days, you know, like safety issues and stuff. So they do. They have an application process. And I'll challenge you to take it, look through it, go through it, take that step so that you can look after orphans. Maybe for you, maybe the step is right here at church. Again, maybe it's the spiritually fatherless. Maybe it's us to, to guide and to lead the, the next generation so that they know that they have a Heavenly Father that loves them. And listen, we all can play a part in that. Again, we do have an application process for that as well, but if you want to jump in kids' life, we have an application that you can get and you can jump in and you can play a part in looking after the orphans and looking after the spiritually fatherless. Or you could jump in and, listen, this whole section right here was filled with students. I don't know if anybody saw this, right? But it's filled with students today. Guess what? They need people pouring into them. So let's jump in, right? Let's jump in. Let's help them, right? Maybe apply and, and step up and serve in student life as well. Listen, when we do that, what we're doing is we're showing the heart of the Father. I want to challenge you to look after the orphan. Look after the orphan. See them more than just a sat, but see their name. See their face. Take time to hear their story. Number two is to defend the orphan. Instead of just walking by, do something. Instead of feeling and and feeling shame for them, feeling guilt, and even piling that on. Defend them. Right? Instead of feeling like you can't do anything, start small and do something. Psalms 82.3 says, Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. 
Defend means this. It means to protect them from harm. Protect them from danger. And so think about how can you protect the orphan? Again, maybe it's something I already talked about. Maybe it's to, to jump into kids' life, to jump into student life, to, to jump on and pair up with big brothers and big sisters. Maybe it goes beyond that. Listen, there's a lot of kids. I gave you stats for the Ohio, for the United States, and for the world as well. And we are paired up with some organizations all across the world. We're actually paired up with an organization in, in the Dominican Republic called One Child Matters, where we can actually sponsor a child and defend them. These, we can save them from the things that happen to them, right? It's $39 a month. You can, you can sponsor a child for $39 a month. We have four kids right now that are available. We actually have their, the little pamphlets out there on the table as well. I will tell you this. If you're going to take the pamphlet, you have to leave the actual application portion of it. If you just take the pamphlet without the application, it's basically kidnapping. I'm just going to tell you that, right? We don't do that. That's bad. No. So when we have four kids out there, it's an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity to defend the orphan. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do that. And then number three is to rescue the orphan. Rescue means to deliver or deliberate. This is taking it one step further, right? It's going and guiding them to freedom. It's leading the fatherless to a father. It's leading the spiritually fatherless back to their heavenly father. Psalms 82 continues on verse four. It says, rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked, right? Break the cycle. Break the cycle of the orphan. Break the cycle of the fatherless. Listen, for you, maybe for you, this is going one step further. Maybe it's fostering a child. Listen, you could pair up with a, pair up with a house of hope right here, and it's an amazing way to foster kids. Maybe for you, maybe it's even a bigger step. Maybe it's actually adoption as well. Or maybe it's even pairing up with a partner with a ministry here and partnering with a ministry that's doing an incredible work that's just getting started that we have the opportunity to hear from today as well. So right now what we do is we have an opportunity to hear from Jay and Darcy McCampbell, and they have an incredible ministry that is actually doing just this, right? They're rescuing the orphan. They're taking orphans who have actually aged out of the program, aged out of foster, and they're taking these women and they're building into them so that they can transition into adulthood in an incredible way. So if you would, let's give a warm life change welcome to Jay and Darcy in the camera. Hi, my name's Darcy. That was Jay. <laughs> I'm the big mouth of the bunch here. Um, I first want to thank Corbin and um, Sarah for allowing us to come and speak. Um, we've recently been speaking at a few of the churches um, in Licking County. We definitely want to start with the body of Christ. That's definitely important. Um, I do have notes, not that I don't know what I need to say, but I don't want to get off track and take up too much of your time. Um, so with that said, um, our mission um, with Kingdom Pillar Strong Tower does line up with everything that he shared today. Um, just to give you a little history about um, Jay and I, um, our story began 24 years ago. Um, we desperately wanted to have children, have a family. Um, we were not able to have, I was not able to have children. Um, I went through some traumatic experience at 11 and a half years old where I was pulled into a vehicle and um, raped by a few men. Um, that changed my life. I wasn't able to carry a child two full term. I had, you know, many miscarriages, failed IVF. Um, but after all of that, we ended up being foster parents. We did foster 79 children through Franklin County Children's Services in the state of Ohio. 
Um, we also adopted nine children. We have two sibling groups and two individuals that we adopted um, individually. Um, we learned quickly that our system is extremely broken. Um, sadly, they don't always protect the children in care. Um, we learned that the system um, actually hurts these children more than it helps them. Um, fast forward to today, all nine of our children are now adults. Three are serving in the United States military, one is a pastor, and three of them have families of their own now. Yes, we're empty nesters. Praise God. <laughs> to God be the glory. <laughs> Um, in January of 2018, we felt the Lord leading us um, and onto our next assignment. We did start a 501c3 um, charitable nonprofit organization, and we immediately realized we were in way over our heads. Um, we decided to take a year and or take time and just pray and see what the Lord wanted us to do. Fast forward a year later, um, this April, we were blessed with a 6,300 square foot space. Um, in this space, we will be able to house young ladies between the ages of 18 and 25 that are aging out of the foster care system. Our hope is to get them prior to uh, a lot of the statistics I'm about to share with you. Um, these, youth, these young ladies that are 18 years old, they don't have a place to call home. They don't have any insurance, no family, no life skills to be successful part of society as we ourselves know it. Um, this is horrifying to my husband and I, and I hope it is yanking at your heartstrings. Um, over 24 youth, 24,000 youth age out of the system each and every single year. They are given their black trash bags with their entire life enclosed to live life alone. Sadly, many haven't even finished high school yet. 49% will end up homeless. 40% will end up incarcerated. Many of them will commit crimes just to have a roof over their head, so they go to jail. 52% um, will end up addicted to drugs and, and alcohol. 51% will end up unemployed. And 84% will end up as parents themselves. 61% of them will be, become trafficked victims. Um, we as the body of the Christ have a huge opportunity um, to prevent many of these statistics by coming together. Um, we can provide internal and external mentorship programs, provide life skills. Much um, of these are simple tasks as far as cooking, cleaning, budgeting, money management, job readiness, parenting skills, and most of all, just being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Um, we would love for you to join our mission to empower these young ladies, these women to wholeness and self-worth and provide a safe haven for them. We need your prayers, businesses to partner alongside of us, whether providing and donating supplies or maybe you're a contractor, maybe you could do footwork. Um, right now we're in the stages where we're doing a lot of the construction part of things. We need help with demo, we need help, you know, putting walls up, taking walls down. Um, and we then down the road will need many mentors, many, many, many mentors. Um, we will be stationed in the back of the church um, to answer any questions, provide information. We do have brochures back there. The other really exciting thing is that one of our board members is a life change family member, and that's Emily Thomas Ford. She will be back there helping us. And then the other piece of it is our um, business advisor and coach, Kelly Beckett, is here, and she will also be back there. 
um, to help us answer any questions. So that's all I have. Thank you. Cool. We just have an amazing opportunity to, to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I think many times we feel like, hey, we've got to do everything. But the truth is, there's some amazing things going on already that we can partner with. We, we're in this together. The body of Christ is bigger than just us. We've talked about this before and how we each play a part. So it's just an incredible to, to be able to do that. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Maybe for you, maybe God's pulling on your heartstring to, to play a part in some way or some capacity. So I want to challenge you to, to start thinking about it and not just start thinking about it, but to do it as well. And dude, this was an amazing thing. God was doing some incredible things. So I will tell you this, uh, Darcy actually reached out to me probably about a couple months ago. And I'm not one that usually just says, hey, I'll give you some time on a, on a Sunday morning. I'm sorry. I, uh, that's just how I am a little bit. But it was funny. Like, I actually plan my messages out. I, I prep through these things and I actually will uh, kind of do some quick outlines like months before. And then I think through things that happen. And it just so happened that I was working on this exact message the day that she, uh, she called me. And uh, I said, well, that's really weird. Um, I think that God might be talking here. So let's just go ahead and say that God's going to do some cool things through this. And God's going to do some cool things through the ministry. And it's just amazing to be able to partner and to be the church together. So I want to challenge you. Listen, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And for you, maybe today, maybe you're called to love an orphan. Maybe you're called to defend the cause of the fatherless. And maybe for you, maybe it's to, to look after them and jump in and, and be a part of, of kids' life here, big brother, big sister. Maybe it's to, to defend and maybe it's to jump in and to sponsor a child through One Child Matters. Maybe it's to rescue and to, and to partner up with RCJ and the amazing the work that they're doing right here in this community. And listen, as a church, we plan it because we want to be a part of this community. We want to make this community better. Right? So there's organizations right here that we partner with intentionally and they're one of them. So it's just incredible. So I would challenge you. I would challenge you to jump in. Right? And people don't just need to be a part of a family, they need to be a part of God's family. Mm -hmm. And this is what we have to offer. Right? This is what we have to offer. So maybe you're here today though, and maybe God's challenged you. I would challenge you to, to take that next step. And what we want you to do right now is you can actually uh, take the connection card in the seat back in front of you. If you would pull that out. Maybe here today, maybe God's uh, challenged you and telling you to, to do something. Listen, write it down. When we write things down, the percentage and the chance that it actually happens increases. So let's do that. Let's take that step to write it down, but then let's take the next step to take a foot forward. Maybe for you, maybe it's to look after. Maybe it's to, to defend. Maybe it's to rescue, right? Write that down. Maybe you are here today and maybe you are that. You're the spiritually fatherless and you walked in feeling like, man, I don't have a father that loves me. You felt that way. Listen, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to join our family, to join the family of God. And God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. And what he wants, he just wants you to commit his life back, your life back to him. So there's the boxes I want to commit to make Jesus my Savior. Checkmark that box that I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. If that's you, checkmark that and then believe that God loved you so much that he gave his son for you so that you could be a part of his family. So that you don't walk out of here spiritually fatherless, but you walk out of here knowing that you have a heavenly father that loves you. And if that's you, checkmark that box. Can we take these seriously? It's our way to journey with you. We pray over Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you 
to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.